So tonight we're going to conclude our series. This is part three in a series called Divine Community. And we've been breaking down essentially what is the Trinity. What is the Trinity? Because we talk about the Trinity from time to time in church and even in youth group. And I think a lot of times we don't stop and really appreciate or even try to understand more what the Trinity is really all about. And so whether you have been growing up in church, maybe this is your first or second time in church, um, I I believe that it is on all of us, if you're a Christian, to um, attempt to know more about the Trinity. And, And I say that carefully because we will never know everything there is to know about the Trinity, all right? If we knew everything about God, well, he wouldn't be that special of a God, right? And so God, though he isn't confusing, he is very complex. And we have been trying to break down just how the Trinity really works, how it exists, and and how the um, Trinity really functions throughout our salvation history. And so we, we, we have this understanding that Christians believe that one true God exists eternally as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that each person is fully God, all right? And so in part one, we talked about God the Father. We looked a little bit at the Old Testament and the New Testament. We looked at how um, God the Father put this plan of redemption into place. What does it mean, this plan of redemption? Well, from the very beginning, sin, the, everything that's wrong in the world and in our lives, separated us from God. God is holy, so he cannot be with sin. He is perfect, he cannot be with wrong. And so our sin has separated us. And so from the very beginning, we read in the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, that God put a plan in place for our redemption, for us to be brought back to a relationship with him. And so we looked at uh, the God, the Father, then part two last week. If you missed that, check it out on YouTube. Um, But Hunter Bruce walked us through who God the Son is. And I think this is part of the Trinity that a lot of us are the most comfortable with. Or what we would say we understand the most. God the Son was Jesus Christ. God with us. He was born in a manger. He died on the cross. He rose again three days later. Like a a lot of us have heard that almost all of our lives. We celebrate God the Son at Easter. We celebrate God the Son at Christmas. And so we looked at who God the Son is. And so tonight we are going to attempt to talk about God the Holy Spirit. And before we dive more specifically into the Holy Spirit, I want you guys, um, I want you guys to try to get a grasp of the Trinity at work. Okay, and so we're going to look at kind of a big picture. The Father creates the plan to save us. He says from the very beginning, "I am going to make a way for our sins to be forgiven, so that we can be brought back to." God. I'm going I'm to make a way. The Son makes the way. He makes a sacrifice to save us. His death on the cross wasn't just to, I mean, be extra and get all the attention. No, his, his death on the cross was to be the perfect sacrifice and payment for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. So the Son makes a sacrifice to save us. But check this out. The Holy Spirit seals the saving work in us 
meaning that the sacrifice Jesus made, if we accept that free gift of salvation, well, the Holy Spirit then makes it happen inside of us. Okay? But it also continues Jesus' saving work in the world. And, and this is where we come in. Because as believers, if you're a Christian and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, guess what? You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And so you have part of the Trinity, you have God, what the Bible would say, dwelling in you, living in you. Not just staying the night, not just staying for the week, but he is setting up residence in your life. And what does he want to do with you? I mean, play video games? Not necessarily. What he wants to do is, well, he wants to continue Jesus' saving work in the world. And the Bible tells us about this, right? The Bible teaches us that we have been called and brought into this ministry. That Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Now I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Guess what? Now I'm to go out and to share that good news. That's what we do. The Holy Spirit inside of us, we are continuing sharing that work. And so tonight, if you're taking notes, or you're typing them in your phone, writing them down, whatever... I want us to look at three truths about the Holy Spirit. Three truths about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at how he is personal, how he is God, and how he is working. And we're going to look at these truths, not because I want you to leave here smarter than when you walked in, although that is a benefit. But I want you guys to gain knowledge in who the Holy Spirit is so that you can feel his presence and experience him Starting tonight, starting tomorrow, in everything that you do, any situation, whether good or bad, the Holy Spirit is living in us. And so these truths aren't just to make us smarter, but they're, 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 they're to change how we view God and how we live with God. One little note, you notice that I put, he is personal, he is God, and he is working. And that's because the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture um, receives uh, words or titles that have to, that, that, that basically say, He. I think a lot of times, I know I used to do this, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, I would say, It. It is this, this confusing thing. It is a difficult concept. But the Holy Spirit is, is, is personal, okay? So the Holy Spirit is personal. I want you to understand this that He is not a force or just a power. All right, I, I, my mind goes to, to Star Wars in this example. The Holy Spirit is, is not our ability to move things with our hands. It's not this, this mystical force that we can harness for our own benefit. No, the Holy Spirit is personal. Look how John 14 describes it. Him, sorry. And I will ask the Father, this is, this is Jesus talking, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, what's that word? And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. You see the Holy Spirit received this title of of Helper. Helper. Why? Because, well, he is personal. He, 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 wants to, he wants to help you. He's also called the counselor. See, the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. 
He doesn't just want to be some, some, some magical ability that we just we access whenever we want to. But he is our helper. He is, he is personal. And he wants that relationship with us. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is personal because he has a mind of his own. Romans 8.26 is, is brought to mind, which says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We continue in verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. What is this verse talking about? This verse is talking about how the Spirit will sometimes pray on our behalf because we don't know what to pray for. So those times when, when you actually pray to God, but you know you need to pray because, I mean, the problems in life are stacking up, or maybe the good things are just, are just coming and you just can't really handle them. You just want to praise God. I, I don't know what it might be. You know you should pray, but you don't know what to pray. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is praying for you. That's what that word means. He, he is interceding on our behalf. See, he is able to, 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 to think and decide these things. The Holy Spirit is also, also personal because he has emotions. You know, Scripture talks, talks about this, this act of grieving the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. You see, when we sin against the Holy Spirit, well, guess what? We grieve the Holy Spirit. It, it, it saddens him, the sin that we commit against him when we lie to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, um, some would say that that, that that little voice in your heart telling you to do something, when we say, no, I'm not going to do it, and you push the Holy Spirit aside and you do your way instead of actually listening to what you know God is telling you to do, well, guess what? I mean, have you ever just completely ignored a friend that was trying to talk to you? It's hurtful. And so the Holy Spirit we know is personal well, because the scriptures tell us that that he experiences these um, emotions, okay? So the Holy Spirit is personal. Everyone say personal. personal. Perfect. We move on to the second one. The second truth that we have for tonight is this, that the Holy Spirit is God. Thank you, Pastor Wes, for the obvious. Thank you, Pastor Wes, for the obvious. Thank you. But seriously, though, the Holy Spirit is God. I think sometimes, uh, I know that I've done this, maybe you have as well, we kind of talk about God the Father, he created the universe. God the Son, he died on the cross for our sins. And the Holy Spirit, I just don't quite understand that whole concept thing. James David, stop interrupting me. Okay? And so with the Holy Spirit, we don't really know what to do, so we put him in a box and we just kind of set him on the shelf. We don't really, we, we don't really talk about it. We, we don't really think about it, right? But the Holy Spirit is, is not less than the Father or the Son, and, and he's... And he's different in, in how he functions, but he's not different in, in, in essence. And so the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. Yes, it's different, and that's the hard part for us to even try to understand. But he's not lesser than the Father and the Son. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is God. He is, we see these things in Scripture, he is eternal. He was before time, and he will be even after time ends. The Holy Spirit is holy. He is set apart. He cannot be with sin because he is perfect. He is 
God, then we have these three omni words. Omnipotent is what? What does this word mean? All powerful, omnipresent, everywhere, everywhere or anywhere, and omniscient, all knowing. So these are attributes of God the Father and God the Son, and guess what? God the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is personal, the Holy Spirit is God. And the last truth that I want us to, to, to break down for a second is this the Holy Spirit is working. As I mentioned before, the Holy Spirit prays for us. I'm, I, I'm positive that there are some of you in here who actually take prayer seriously. I, th- I, think, th- I think there's a few of you. For those of us who, who aren't as consistent or we don't feel like we're good at praying, guess what? We have the Holy Spirit who is praying for us. We go back to Romans 8.27, which says this. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. See, the Spirit intercedes. That word there is he goes before us. He is before the Father, telling the Father what we need. Isn't that, isn't that great? Like, we don't know what to ask the Father in heaven, but guess what? The Holy Spirit knows what we need. He does. And so he intercedes on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is working. He's not just sitting on the sideline. The Holy Spirit is working because he gives gifts and has his own will. Some of you perhaps have have heard about the fruit of the Spirit or maybe the gifts of the Spirit. Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, we read that uh, in a passage talking about all the gifts of the Spirit or some of the gifts of the Spirit, that all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. Who, who does what? Apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so what is a will? A will is a, the ability to choose after basically like thinking it through. You have your own will. You can choose whether to sit there and pay attention or you can choose to sit there and nod off. You can choose what you have pulled up on your phone right now. You can choose how you talk to your parents when they tell you something you don't want to hear. Why, why is that? Because you have a will. You, you have a choice. And so the Holy Spirit is no different. The Holy Spirit has a will. He's able to think through these things and make decisions. Last but not least, pinky promise. The Holy Spirit is working because he dwells in us. We go back to John 14, verse 16 and 17. It says, Jesus says, once again, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you for how long? Forever. Forever. Thank you. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For what? For he dwells with you and will be in you. And, and this, this, this is a really cool thing about, about the New Testament. Even as you transition from kind of the Old Testament story, you see all throughout the Old Testament and until Jesus died and rose again, sent the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about God with us. Think about that. God with us. Where have you heard that before? Well, Jesus was also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we, we, we sing lots of songs about that come Christmas time. 
But what happens after Jesus dies on the cross, rises again three days later, and then ascends into heaven and sends the Holy Spirit? We no longer talk about God with us because now we have the Holy Spirit, which is God in us. And so I think some of this stuff is things you guys have already heard before. And even I don't take advantage of this, but we have the same God that parted the Red Sea for Moses and the Israelites living in us. We have the same God that the prophet Elisha called to heaven to bring fire down on his water-soaked offering to prove the false prophets of Baal wrong. We have the same God in us that rose Jesus from the dead. We have the same God in us, and the list just goes on and on. And I don't think we really grasp that. And so then what happens is we leave here, we, we, we come to a difficult situation, or we fall into temptation, and we just think, man, I always make the wrong decision. I can't seem to get things right. Well, no wonder, because you and I were trying to do this on our own power. Why don't we set our own power aside and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit? Because he is the one that's living in us. I'll leave you with this. And this is what we actually started with the very first week, the very first thing I shared with you. And this will be the last thing that I share with you. When it comes to the Trinity, you can try to explain it and you lose your mind. Amen? Amen. But if you try to deny it, you'll lose your soul. And what does that mean? What that means is that every part of the Trinity is important when it comes to us being saved and having a relationship with God. It's not just about the God of the universe that created everything. It's not just about Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. It's not just about some, some mystical force out there that, that is living inside of us. It's about how the God that did all of those things is completely God and wants a full relationship with you. He doesn't just want a Wednesday night relationship with you. He doesn't just want a Sunday morning relationship with you. He doesn't just want when life is going good kind of relationship with you. But the God of the Bible, the, 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 the God of the scriptures wants every part of you. And so we've asked you this every single week. And we'll ask you again tonight. Is your life like that, where you have given everything to God? Because that's what he wants. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. That's why we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's so that we can be saved and that we can tell the world how they can be saved.